الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected elders, beloved brothers in Islam All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher The creator of the entire universe We send, we send choices of durood and salawat upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Last week we had discussed the farewell advices of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam On the occasion of Hajjatul Wada'a and as we had mentioned, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa had performed hajj only once after hajj had become farz. And to be precise, 91 days after the day of Arafah, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa made farda from this temporary world. It was just about three months prior to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa leaving this world. And these advices that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had imparted to the ummah, are so to say the farewell advices of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Parting advices, any obedient child will go out of his way to fulfill the final wishes of his father or mother who is leaving this world. That this was the last wish of my father. I will try my best to fulfill it. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had the most compassion and mercy for his ummah than anyone else could have. In every dua, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam remembered his ummah. On the day of Arafah, approximately five hours, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the back of the camel making dua for his ummah. That what will happen to my ummah? Oh Allah, forgive even the zalim of my ummah. So this was a compassion that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had for you and I. And that is why he gave us these beautiful advices so that we can be successful, we can have a happy life in this world also and our akhirat may be made also. That was the desire in the heart of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that no ummati of mine must enter Jahannam. Every ummati must be saved from the power of Jahannam. Every ummati must enter into Jannah. So last week we had discussed three of these advices. One was with regards to the honor of a believer, that how you should uphold the izzat and honor of every Muslim. And then we had discussed with regards to interest and the curse of interest. And the third point that we had discussed last week was with regards to zulm and oppression, extortion. The Nabi Sallallahu repeated over and over again, Allah la tazlimu, Allah la tazlimu. That listen carefully, do not oppress. That the wealth of the next person is not halal for you without his consent, without his happiness. And going further with the advices of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi Sallallahu mentioned, Inna zamana qadistadara And one of the khutbahs in the Hajjatul Wada'a. And the lesson to learn here is that we do not change and cut and chop and change the deen to suit ourselves. Rather we will adjust ourselves to suit the deen. Nabi Sallallahu mentioned, that the time has rotated, has turned around, and it has come back to its original form, like how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had set it out. What is to happen? There are four months that are sacred, in which all types of war and fighting is prohibited. And even the Anbiya of the past 
they upheld the sanctity of these four months. The pagan Arabs, they claimed to follow Nabi Ibrahim and they also upheld the sanctity of these months. But these people were always engaged in war. Almost all the time they were fighting amongst themselves. So now when it came to the sacred months, the months wherein fighting was not allowed, and now they were in the thick of battle, they were engaged in war. So what they used to do, they used to change the months to suit themselves. For example, now the month of Muharram is about to come, or the month of Rajab is about to come, so they change it. That this year, Rajab will come later. We will bring the month of, of Safar, for example, now. And so on and so forth, they used to change it. And then it came to such a point where all the months were mixed up. When it came to the month of Hajj, people did not know that it was really the month of Hajj or not, because all the months were changed around. But when it came to the time when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went for Hajj, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, It has went through a complete cycle and come back to the original form like how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had allocated it. And this is definitely, this is really the month of Zul-Hijjah wherein we are performing Hajj. And it will remain like this. And from these 12 months, 4 are sacred. But the lesson we learned from here, as we mentioned, the deen is pure and complete. There's no need for us to chop and change the deen to suit ourselves. We have to adjust our lives, bring our lives in conformity to the commands of Allah. Bring our day-to-day activities according to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained. How Allah wants us to live our life, that is how we live our life. And time and again in the Quran Sharif, Allah condemns the Jews for this very same thing. That they used to change the deen. Where it suited them, then they followed. And where it was not according to their wishes and desires, then they cut and they chopped and they changed. That is why today we find none of the previous scriptures are found in the original form as it was revealed. Besides the Quran and Majid, which is divinely protected, the Quran Sharif, every letter, every dot of the Quran is protected. But all the other scriptures, you will not find any one of them in the original form like how Allah had revealed it. Why? Because it was changed. It was tampered with. So this is also one of the lessons of Hajjatul Wada, that we do not change the deen according to our desires. Then going forward, Abu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned with regard to the rights of our women folk, how to treat our wives. nisa. The fear of Allah when it comes to your women folk. You have taken them into your nikah by the trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person has an amanat, then he cannot do as he pleases. He has to fulfill that amanat and take care of it. Our wives are an amanat that Allah has kept in our care. And he cannot abuse them and treat them in any way. Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِكُمْ وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ The best amongst you are those who are best to their wives. And I, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, am the best of you to my wives. How do we treat our women folk? How do we treat them anyhow? إِنَّكُمْ أَخَذْتُمُوهُنَّ بِأَمَانِ اللَّهِ وَاسْتَحْلَمْتُمْ فُرُوجَهُنَّ بِكَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ And you have made permissible and lawful the relations with them by taking the name of Allah. When the khutbah of Nikah is performed, when the khutbah is recited, what are we reciting? The words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the words of the Qur'an Sharif, they have become halal for us through the word of Allah. The person will not take the name of Allah and speak a lie. Because he understands, I'm taking the name of Allah, how can I speak a lie? When I've taken her into my nikah, by the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I have to uphold that amanat and that trust that I've taken, that pledge that I've taken in the name of Allah, that I will take care of them. That is the duty that Yusuf Sallam mentioned on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada. That fear Allah with regards to them. They are at your mercy. They depend on you for their needs. But a person should not take advantage. Treat them with kindness. Treat them with, with compassion. Treat them with love. When we enter the home, let it be 
the place of happiness. We are smiling with everyone else. We tell you to smile when we come home. Smile at the family, smile at the wife. This will bring happiness, this will create an environment of love and muhabbat. And that is the, 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 the essence of nikah. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَبَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah says, this is from my signs. They are created for you from amongst yourselves, spouses. And what is the, what is the purpose and the object? لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So that when you come home, you must feel sukoon. You must feel at ease. You must feel comfortable. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَبَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah says, Allah has created amongst yourselves, amongst the spouses, مَوَبَّةً love and mercy. When these qualities will be found, then our houses will be places of happiness. There won't be fights and problems. And arguments all the time, there will be happiness and joy when we will come home. We will look forward to coming home. Nabi Sallallahu said, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ فِي النِّسَاءِ Nabi Sallallahu continues further, وَلَكُمْ عَلَيْهِنَّا أَلَّا يُطِقْنَ فُرُشَكُمْ أَحَدًا تَكْرَهُونَهُ That it is your right upon them. They owe it to you that they do not allow anybody into your home whom you do not approve of. In the time of Jahiliyyat, this was prevalent amongst the, the pagan Arabs, that when the husband used to be away, then they should allow strange men to come into the home. And they should sit and carefully have conversations and talks among themselves. And we saw some condemned this, that this is not all in Islam. The love of hijab and parda, a, a, a strange man and a strange woman cannot be alone in seclusion. The third one will be shaitan. And we saw some mentioned clearly in the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, that this is your right. They owe it to you, that you should not allow anybody home who do not approve of into your home. And what is... They write upon you, وَلَهُنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ كِسْوَتُهُنَّ وَرِسْقُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And your right, your duty upon them, it's upon you, your duty to them is that you should provide their needs in a good way. The clothing, the sustenance, we said this is the responsibility of the man. It's not the responsibility of the woman to go out there and work and slum and take over the responsibility of the man. And on top of that, she must still come home and take care of the household duties. The Muslim very clearly outlined it. And he was giving his beloved daughter, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha, married to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. That, oh Fatima, whatever, whatever chores, whatever work within the home, you should carry it out. And anything out of the home, Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, you should go out. And here the Muslim made it clear that, oh men of my ummah, your duty is that you should provide clothing and, and food for your families. Allah give us the understanding, Allah give us tawfiq. So this was also one of the parting advices of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And very quickly, time is running out. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also mentioned on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada that who is a true Muslim? Who is a true Muslim? Who is a true believer? A Muslim man saliman nasu lisanahu wa yadahu. A Muslim in the true sense of the word is he who other people are safe. From the harms of his tongue and his hands. He does not physically harm anybody else. He does not verbally harm anybody else. That is a true Muslim. And at every step in our life we should see, am I keeping up to the definition of a true Muslim? Am I causing harm to the next person? Simple example, I'm coming to the masjid, did I park my car correctly? Or am I causing inconvenience to the next person when he has to come out after salah and I'm blocking him? Or I have come, did I put my shoes correctly in the shoe rack? Or I left the pathway, I left my shoes there. Causing harm to the next person. Many examples. A Muslim, a true Muslim, is that person who others are safe from the harm of his tongue and his hands. Am I abusive when I speak? Am I speaking politely? Well, mu'min, man aminahun nasu amwalahum wa anfusahum. The true mu'min, the true believer, is that person who people are safe. People feel safe with him for their life and their lives. When a person sees sees a mu'min, a believer, then this person will not do me down. He will not take my life unjustly. 
you will not harm my life or my, or, or my body. Because you don't even true mu'min. Well, muhajir, man hajar al-khataya wa who is a true muhajir? The person who makes hijrat from all types of vice and sin and disobedience. He leaves aside every type of disobedience of Allah. He leaves a life of disobedience. That is a true muhajir in the true sense of the word. والمجاهد من جاهد نفسه في طاعة الله The true mujahid, the person who is striving in the path of Allah and jihad Who is a true mujahid? That person who makes jihad with his nafs to remain firm and steadfast on the obedience of Allah When a person is going out to fight in jihad That is a, a temporary jihad for a, short, for a short while, for a few moments Either he will come back victorious, he will gain booty from the enemy Or he will pass away, he will be martyred and that is the end of it to gain his reward. But this jihad of the nafs is an ongoing jihad. Right until a person leaves this world with iman. Right until a person's last moments when he leaves this world with kalim Allah, ilaha illallah and his nafs. This jihad is a continuous jihad. And that is a true mujahid. When mujahid, man jara the nafs of his enemies will be with him right till the end. Nafs and shaitan. Nafs and shaitan will be with him right till his last breath. A person will have to continue making jihad against the nafs, against shaitan. So that he reaches his end, his goal, he reaches, uh, he reaches Jannah, he reaches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a condition that Allah is happy with him. May Allah make us all from amongst these people. And finally, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereafter on the occasion of Arafah asked the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Allah Oh my Sahaba, tell me now, I'm coming to the end of my life, tell me, have I conveyed the message to you? 23 years of reward, 23 years of effort. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, tell me, have I now passed on the message of deen to you? And all the Sahaba replied, most definitely, O Nabi of Allah, you have conveyed the message to us. You have fulfilled the right of conveying the message. Thereafter, Nabi Wasallam conveyed the responsibility to you and I, and every ummati to count on the day of Qiyamah. That, O my Sahaba, all of you that are present here, you have to take this deal and this message on to those that are not present. Many a times, a person to whom the message is conveyed, will safeguard the message better than the one who, who had directly heard it. So take it and go. And Sahaba radiallahu anhu spread out after the rites of Hajj were complete and they went to the four corners of the world. This is our responsibility Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given us as the ummatis of Nabi sallallahu alayhi We cannot be complacent. This, this frame of mind that each man for himself and God for all, this is not... This is not the mindset of a Muslim. This is not the mindset of a believer. That every man for himself, every man for everybody. We have to see to it that how we ourselves can be firm and steadfast upon deen. And see to it that how we can make an effort that everyone else comes into deen. Allah has given us this responsibility. How many people around us are not performing salah? How many people around us are far away from deen? One person not making salah, 40 houses around him are affected by the ill effect of that one day namazi. Does it bring that hurt and pain in our heart? What is going on around us? Abhi Islam has given us this responsibility. Those of you that are present, those who have understood the message, those who have heard the message, take it on and pass it on to those that haven't heard. Allah give us tawfiq. Allah give us the understanding to bring in these Mubarak qualities, these Mubarak advises of Nabi Islam into our lives. These are there for us to be successful. Nabi sallallahu alayhi has given us these advices that we can become better people and we can become people of Jannah. Allah give us tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana Oh uh-huh.
الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تركت فيكم أمرين لن تظلوا ما تمسكتم بهما كتاب الله وسنة رسوله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى يوفقنا كل خير ويرزقنا الاعتصام بأوامر الله واتباع سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب وخطيئة فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فبغضي أبغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام 
ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغل يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون واذكروا الله العلي العظيم يذكركم ودعوه ويستجيب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أعلى وأولى وأعز وأجل وأهم وأتم وأعظم وأكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون Standing shoulder to shoulder with our heels on the line. Let's see to it that there are no gaps in between. Let's fill in all the gaps. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah, 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 Allah,
أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا وأصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات إلى النور وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وبارك لنا في أسماعنا وأبصارنا وقلوبنا وزواجنا وذرياتنا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مثنين بها قابلها وأتمها علينا يا رحم الرحيمين اللهم اشف مرضانا مرضى المسلمين شفاء كاملا ورحم موتانا يا رحم الرحيمين اللهم اغفر لهم ورحمهم وسكنهم في الجنة اللهم اجعل قبورهم روضة من رياض الجنة يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم ربنا وجعلنا مسلمين لك ومن ذريتنا قمة مسلمة لك وأرنا مناسكنا وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يسلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين